4: And we are underway.
3: Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Your host, Brendan Glashine. Today, NFL week eight. Best bets joining us, our usual crew of Brandon Anderson and Luke Swain, aka Vegas Refund, in the Action app. Today, our third rotating analyst is Anthony DeBundo. He has shed all of his Phillies tears and he is ready to talk some football with us for the week eight best bets. As a reminder, before we get to those best bets, the NBA season has officially tipped off. If you like betting the NBA, be sure to check out Buckets Action Network's basketball betting podcast with new episodes every single weekday. This NBA season, Buckets is available wherever you like to listen. You can also find video versions of Buckets, this show, and many other shows from the Action Network YouTube channel. Once you hit subscribe, also, uh, you can find us there. Give us a like. It helps. We appreciate it. And a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Okay, let's dive in. We've got a lot to get to. We've got three best bets from each of the guys, and then we've got Brandon's look-ahead pick as well. We went five and four last week, some help on Sunday night, thanks to the... Eagles, I think Grant gave out Jalen Hurts. Passing yards, that delivered, thanks to that strike to A.J. Brown. Brandon, your first one. We're going all the way to Monday night this week. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, let's get right to the end of the week and start with the winner. Let's do Detroit Lions, minus eight against the Raiders. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. Look, man, the Raiders have three wins. I have no idea how. Uh, I guess... Because they they won by one four and four over the Broncos Packers and Patriots so I guess that's how it's just not a good football team like this is a really good team and a really bad team and the really good team's playing at home angry after getting demolished last week I know it's a high line I don't do a lot of high lines but we did it last so we It hit well for us so Raiders besides those three wins they lost by twenty eight to Buffalo that's fine you can lose to Buffalo by twenty eight. And then last week, they played the Chicago Bears and lost 30-12. to The entire Bears' plan was just, hey, that guy, Max Crosby, let's do plays the other way away from him. And the Bears just did anything they wanted to. That's it. That was the entire plan was just stay away from Max Crosby. Detroit is going to notice that and be just fine. I think the injury report on Detroit is maybe buying us a little bit of value on the spread. I'm not too worried about guys missing, especially – because we don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is even playing yet in this one. And if he doesn't, it looks like Aiden O'Connell will get the start not Hoyer. So now <laughs> we get a rookie's Carter road Monday night football in Detroit. If you've been watching this season, like on Red Zone, Lions fans are showing up in droves in all the road stadiums. So a home Monday night game, I think this is only the second home Monday night game for Detroit since 2014 or something like that. Like they're going to be loud. It's going to be a good crowd there by DVOA. Lions are top ten run offense, pass offense, run defense, pass defense. Everything. Raiders are bottom five in three of those. So look, I, I don't really need to tell you that the Lions are way better than the Raiders, but the Lions are way better than the Raiders. They're better at home. They're elite on offense on first down. So I think they're just gonna kind of hit the easy button all night with Ben Johnson's offense. Last week, they got killed. Everyone gets a bad day, right? They just had a bad day. Baltimore's good. Detroit had won 14 or four straight games by 14 or more before that. I think we get another one here. Lines by a million. I'll probably be looking at alternate lines to see if we can get a, a big blowout here. I do expect this line to rise. Don't wait to play it. we at eight. There's some eight and a halves in the market. This is going to be in everyone's teaser to end the weekend. So it's going yeah. to get to at least nine, nine and a half for teaser protection, maybe beyond that. So you want to grab it now. Give me lines minus eight.
3: Lions, one of six teams this week that are favored by more than a touchdown. And this is just, I mean, the spot speaks for itself. Like you said, they got Lamar last week and really a chance to uh, get the train back on the tracks. This is where it gets interesting uh, because there's going to be some back and forth here. Luke, (laughs) your first best bet, please.
1: I'm going to go with the Panthers plus three at home hosting the Texans, which... If you looked at this line before the season, it was Panthers minus three, and now we're at plus three. Um, hmm. And we have an 0 6 team. Um, it, it's tough to get behind these, like an 0 6 team in general. Uh, but historically, 0 6 winless teams coming off bye weeks are hitting at about 64% against the spread, um, which is actually the reverse without the bye week, which winless teams in week eight are hitting at like 40%. But when you factor in that bye, it just skyrockets. Um, and this is the Panthers team that it was a line that I was surprised when I saw it. And I just can't get to plus three. You have this Panthers team who was on the buy, and they changed offensive coordinator. So they went to from Frank Reich to Tom Brown, which there's really no film on Tom Brown like in terms of like if he's good or not, which could be an advantage uh, where the Texans just have no film on him. But he is a McFay guy, which is a positive. Um, and Bryce is just fantastic against the zone. Um, he's top 10 in EPA this year against the zone, which the Texans play a lot of zone. And this Texans defense, uh, it's better than last year, but I think it might be a little bit overrated. They they've, they gave up some points against the Panthers, and not the Panthers, the uh, Saints and the Colts, which aren't fantastic offenses. And the Panthers definitely are capable. Um, it's just at plus three, the Texans are kind of like, the public's darling so far because they just keep covering and keep covering. Um, and I think I've, got, I've gotten multiple texts where, like, the Texans are my favorite team, like, because they just are winning everyone money. Like, my brother is just, like, auto betting the Texans every week. And this is just the week I think it comes back down to earth uh, where the Panthers are going to get their first win. So, Panthers plus three.
3: OK, yeah. Reading up on Brown, Sean McVay very speaks very highly of Tom Brown as an offensive mind uh, possibility of less snow huddle, which Frank Reich ran a lot of the past couple of weeks. More pre-snap motion, uh, fewer running plays, allow Bryce Young to sling the pigskin to Bundo. I think you're going in the same direction as Luke. And then I know Brandon's got some thoughts.
4: Yeah, I think this is a good spot, and, and I generally agreed with Brandon. I think have bet the Texans twice on this show in past weeks, but I think that this is a good time to go against them and come back on Carolina. The pass rush for the Panthers has actually been pretty good. They rank 10th in pass rush win rate, uh, and they've gotten two opposing quarterbacks. The problem is they've fallen behind so much because their run defense is so bad, uh, and they've started slowly in a lot of games that they've had to uh, play their way back into games and not been able to use their pass rush at all. So that's been a problem for them. But this Houston offense is not particularly good against the run. They're 29th in uh, offensive rush success rate. Uh, and the Carolina offense actually has a higher success rate than Houston. And on early downs, they've been better than Houston. So I think that this you know Houston team, they've been scrappy. They've fought their way into a lot of games. They've played a bunch of uh, you know solid opponents and kind of overperformed expectations against them. Like that Jags win is aging really well. Uh, I, I like a lot of what D'Amico Ryans has done with the team. But just net success rate alone, these two teams are about even for over the course of the season. And I would argue that the Carolinas played a much tougher schedule all Definitely. in all. Like Houston played Atlanta, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Baltimore. Uh, you know, that's probably two playoff teams, maybe three, just because of the NFC South. Uh, if you compare that to what Carolina has played, uh, like I know their division's really bad, but this Carolina team, you know, played at Detroit, at Miami, at Seattle. Uh, and look lost all those games but it certainly is much more difficult situationally they played 4 of their 6 on the road now they come home off the buy like luke mentioned you know they the team winless teams off the buy uh, tend to cover more often than not teams that have failed to cover all season the, the ultimate floor nobody wants to bet them right because there's people that definitely took them as a dog against carolina against detroit and against miami the last two weeks and lost and now really nobody wants to back them uh, and I expect a lot of Houston love here that I just don't really agree with as road chalk now, uh, you know, which you would have laughed at if you said that Houston was going to be laying points to anybody before the season except maybe Arizona on the road. So I think this is a good, you know, sell high, buy low on the Panthers. And there's actually some three and a halves popping now too, mm-hmm. um, which the all-important three and a half hook.
3: And Brandon, you gave out. Texans minus three at Carolina on the look-ahead spot last week. And you got it at three. That's the good news. It's three and a half now in a lot of places, as DeBundo
2: said. What is your response to these two? I cannot believe you guys have the audacity <laughs> to come in here on Texans Island and and blaspheme the name of Texans Island. Now, look, I, I think I get this the, the case for Carolina coming off the bye week. Thomas Brown, I've been excited about him as an assistant coach for a while now. So I like them giving the reins over to him. I I fear a little bit for you get your first time ever. There's no tape on him because he's never called plays before. Now you got to call plays your first time against a D'Amico Ryan's defense. Like that's not a chore I'd love to have in my first game calling plays. So I can go both ways. You know, you you get to surprise the defense that way. You can't scout against it. But I think D'Amico will have some surprises too. Carolina off the bye, you're right, but Houston's off the bye too. So right. I think the way we have to give credit to Carolina correctly for how will they be better now and how will Bryce Young have settled in or whatever, Like, well, Houston's been good already, and now they can get better too. They can self-scout and say, okay, what else can Stroud do? And and I think, too, the health report is what really would, would sway me away from being on Carolina's side. Carolina's defense is missing like half of their guys, where Houston finally after as bad as things started, is getting their line healthy and the secondary healthy. All of that said, I took a minus three on the look ahead precisely because I knew I would not want minus three and a half where I thought it would get to eventually. So I'm going to give the guys three and a half. And I'm just going to say, please, God, don't let the Texans win by exactly three Mm. or we're somehow going to push my bet and lose both the other bets and really screw up the podcast record here. So, are we
4: grading this at three and a half or three, Brendan? What's the <laughs> official rule on that? Because I would like it, the three and a half, and there are three and a halves painted across the board as we sit here.
3: I get to decide. Well, as I mean, the, the way we've always done this, as we record, what the line is is what the line is. So you get three and a half. Take it and run.
4: We're going to take it. We, oh, we yeah. will take that. I will say, Houston, out, you know, they uh, lose I, it to on. Atlanta. I am
3: so honored that you asked me to make that decision. <laughs> like, that, that's like my <laughs> best moment on this podcast in the year really? and a half I've done this. So, thank you.
4: There's no one else on the show that. Can be a neutral arbiter. That's true. (laughs) Well,
3: our our audio uh, producer, David, could be too. But thank you. We'll consult each other and make a decision. But I say take three and a half.
4: You win. Three and a half. The Texans were outgained by 130 yards in each of their last two games. And uh, they lost in the last second to Atlanta. I had the Texans. They were not the right side in that game. Uh, And I had them against the Saints too. And they were, you know, grade that as mostly a coin flip game. Uh, They were outgained pretty badly, though, and Derek Carr. Derek Card in the red zone, so yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, not that great.
1: I mean, just look at the offenses that like Houston's faced. Where like, I think they have like the third easiest schedule in terms of offenses. The offenses they face so far, where the Panthers have just gone through a gauntlet. I mean, they've had Seattle, the Lions, Miami, uh, Minnesota, who is looking better, I guess, with Justin Jefferson. Uh, it, it's just the discrepancies in schedules, where like they've been outgained versus the easiest offensive schedule so far, is tough scene.
3: Hmm. None of you, and we can move on, because we've got a lot more to get to, but Stuckey has mentioned throughout the week that he likes the over in this game, and this to be one of the higher scoring games in the league. The total is sitting at 43 and a half. I think there was 43 earlier in the week. But I'm fascinated by the total, and also seeing the Panthers are at twenty and a half team total. With to all of your points about the new offensive play caller, we don't really have an idea of what, uh Brown is like as far as a play caller, so I, I just thought that was interesting. That there's confidence that they can get over three touchdowns, and I just, his, think, you?
1: I just think the floor is so low, like off of Reich, like clearly Reich, he couldn't do it in at the Colts. Where like it's going to be hard not to see improvement with Brown, even though we have nothing. We're like the floor is just too low for Brown not to be an improvement.
3: Okay, fair enough. All right, let's move on. Second round of picks, Brandon. I'm ready. I'm ready for the trends
2: on this one because this one feels very trendy. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens just in the first half, minus four and a half at the Arizona Cardinals. So look, we just talked about my first pick, the Ravens-Lions game. So I got the bad side of that game coming out. Now I'm going to get the good side. I don't love that because the Ravens are so good right now that it feels a little bit like buying high in them. I just don't think the market has priced them as a buying high moment here. And frankly, I don't think they've priced the Cardinals low enough here either. I picked against the Cardinals last week. And to be fair, they hung around into the fourth quarter, but they did not cover. Seattle came home for us. So I just think that the bubble has burst on this team. It's now four straight Arizona losses, all by double digits, average of 15 points a game. The offense, I think, is regressing a little bit each week after that good start. They're missing James Conner. That run game has been really good for them. Defense has been terrible the whole season. Like, that was never a thing. So here <laughs> we have the Ravens, who are number one by DVOA now. So again, we're buying high, but I don't think they're being priced as the number one team right now. And in my power rankings, I talked about this week, I think if you're going to invest right now today in any futures for NFL ticket, the Ravens are the team to do it. They're plus 650 to win the AFC. They're plus 1400 to win the Super Bowl by like DVOA uh, metrics. That's about double the price that these should be right now in the Ravens. Like Mike McDonald's defense is playing great despite missing a lot of guys early in the season. They're getting healthy now. The offense is looking good DeBundo, I know that you're going to love this part. Jonathan Gannon Cardinals coach. Terrible against elite quarterbacks. that's the thing forever is he's vanilla. his defense just gets beat up by elite quarterbacks and every nerd on the internet is drooling over Lamar Jackson just lighting up opponents right now like as a passer, he has never played better. and I just think that the Ravens could probably name their number in this game. So why am I playing the first half? Well, as I was choosing picks last night for this, this was at a minus eight, eight and a half. It's jumped to nine and a half now. I'm not super too worried about that. I don't mind just taking the whole game. That's probably a teaser protection move like we talked about at nine and a half. You can only tease to three and a half. You can't get below the the key number. But Ravens first half offense, third by DVOA versus 20th in the second half. And for his career, Lamar Jackson first half has always been a thing. For his career, 42, 24 and two against the spread, 64% in the first half, five and two this season. Here's the last four Ravens games at halftime. 21-3, 10-3, 18-3, 28-0. That Todd Munkin offense, they're getting the practice in. The scripted offense is coming out quickly. I don't mind the Ravens full game. I don't mind the high line. I'll probably end up doing both. But I'm just going to take the first half here. Uh, There's a minus four and a half. First half lines, you got to shop around because there's some different numbers out there. They don't always move as uniformly as the full game market. So I'll I'll take the Ravens first half minus four and a half. Well, can we go and, see and,
3: me. and me. Okay. Very good. And it feels like they've got that offense that with the Todd Munkin beliefs off and running, too. Um but uh yeah, I, I couldn't get over it. Lamar Jackson. Um I know you just laid out the stat there, but He's 16 and 1 straight up against the NFC, but only 8-9 and nine against the spread. Now, of course, he covered this past weekend, but like that's just that's amazing to me.
2: Um Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I I I know Debundo in your column, you're on the Ravens this week. I will probably be betting the Ravens. I believe six pack took the Ravens as one of their early picks, all for a full game cover. I, I, I it feels too easy. It feels like a little too obvious. The Cardinals are so bad, the Ravens are so good, eight points, nine points, whatever. I, I I have to be honest that that's a little bit here why I pivoted to the first half to just be like, Oh, I don't know. Something feels funky about it. Let me just get a first yeah. half and get out of here.
4: Paul, I, mean, well, I, I do get... want to say the, the, I appreciate Brandon not moving Baltimore to number one on his power ranks rankings yeah. because the ultimate kiss of death in the NFL this season is when you get moved to the top spot of the Brandon Anderson Tuesday power <laughs> rankings. Mm. They have lost every week since outright. So they are still yeah. only number two, so if the Ravens get a big win this week and you move them up, which I'm hoping and I expecting will happen, <laughs> then you can guarantee, I don't even know who they're playing next week, they're in trouble <laughs> the following week in their next matchup.
2: Yeah, it's, it's five weeks in a row. The number one power rankings team in my column has lost the immediately the following week, and I purposely put the Chiefs number one this week because the Chiefs are on a 16-game win streak against the Broncos. They're in Denver this week. And I need to find out, is the power rankings curse real? Because if mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes goes to Denver and loses, then I got a strategy for my first pick on this podcast every week from here on out. <laughs> Broncos country, let's
3: ride. Ravens <laughs> home to the Seahawks, November 5th after this weekend. That's their next game.
1: And the Cardinals should have lost by way more against Seattle last week. Like the fact yeah. that they only lost by 10 was like wild. Uh, for anyone who watched that game, like mm-hmm. it shouldn't, that should not have been a sweat for the seattle bets but it was um so yeah okay
3: luke what's your second one
1: i'm gonna go with rams plus six at the cowboys which the rams are just a team that you want to back when they're a dog and you just really don't when they're a favorite and being a dog at plus six is just it's just the, the the cliche too many points for me where the cowboys are off a bye and maybe it's like the double tax where you got the home team getting two to three points. Then they're probably getting an extra half or point for being off a buy, but home teams three or more off a buy at home are cover at 47% historically. So it's just, it's, it's really, it's just the Rams shouldn't be plus six and they are. And without Diggs and Van Ness, Dallas defense hasn't been great. The red zone issues for their offense still exist. And Dallas plays zone, which is what Stafford eats. Dallas is 28th in EPA over the middle, and Stafford with Cup and Puka, like that is just going to be feasting grounds for him. So, plus six, like this is just one you see, and it doesn't make sense from our perspective. And it's just the cliche too many points. So, Rams plus six can definitely see them winning, money line, whatever it is um, in Dallas. Sunday.
3: How do the Rams match up defensively against uh, Mike McCarthy's play calling and Dak Prescott?
1: I mean, it all comes down to the red zone for me. Like the red zone issues just exist, and they—I don't see them being fixed with McCarthy right now. And if you can't have success in red zone, you're just not going to win games. And if you just watch any Cowboys games, it is painful, Um, and it's just not something I can see getting fixed over a bye week at all. Okay. Um, Rams defense isn't great, but at the same time, like. Whoever's hopefully it's Henderson, I guess, is definitely not Karen. Like they should be able to
3: and Freeman, run Freeman down the Rams. Back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the Dallas D as well against the run is just awful. And whoever's running the ball should be able to eat as well.
3: Yeah. Running backs don't matter. Um, that's just a common <laughs> saying. Come on. Uh,
4: RBSDM.com.
3: <laughs> good job, Debundo. Why don't you give us your second pick? The Green Bay Packers
4: plus one.
3: After you just said you haven't watched enough Packers games.
4: I haven't. It's funny because I haven't really bet any Packers games. I bet them in week one. I have not bet for or against or a total in any Packers game since week one. I don't know what to make of Jordan Love. Uh, Luke asked me before the show, would I take Jordan Love or Desmond Ritter? I don't know. I think. Uh, yeah, so, there are, th- sorry, I may have just blown up your know. spot
3: too, because maybe you said that before we hit record <laughs> that you haven't watched a lot of Packers games. But okay, he's going to. I have
4: that You're watching film this week, right, I haven't, but I, I can look through box scores and, and form opinions right, on teams. Yeah. I think. I think. I'm just, I want to. Sometimes watching games theory. is overrated. It biases people to That's remember true. certain things. Uh, now, I do, I do watch the NFL, though, so don't don't get that twisted. But uh, <laughs> Well, the Phillies are out, so you have more time. Have a heart, Brandon. Exactly, oh, yes. Wow. Uh, Sunday from 1 to 7. Hey, Brandon, uh, I got anyway. your back, man. They're piling on this Panther
2: stuff. <laughs> I'm, coming, I'm just coming back on
4: the other and side. And I'm picking against
2: the Vikings,
4: too. Come on. All right, make the case to Bundo. Uh, so, so like three or four weeks ago, everybody wrote off Minnesota, right? And and the Vikings were done. They were finished as a team. They started the season poorly. Justin Jefferson goes on the injured reserve, and everybody's son is just like, yep, yeah, blow it up. Kirk Cousins. Probably traded. They're gonna, you know, cut the team, start the rebuild. Uh, they win a couple of games, including on national television, which everybody just watched, against the 49ers. And really, you know, now that we've learned about Brock Purdy's concussion situation, I think it kind of changes even what I think about that victory because Purdy played really well until the end of the game. And now we know we saw the play where he got the concussion on the on the sneak. Uh, he took a huge hit and he threw two picks after that. I think that had a major impact on the game. Also, the 49ers not having Debo, not having Trent Williams plays a role for them as well. Uh, now everybody wants to buy in on Minnesota again because of these three straight wins. Everybody is now out on Green Bay, who started the season, you know, with a couple of wins, two and one, and then lost three in a row and and pretty ugly losses to the Raiders and to the Broncos. But I think this is a good matchup for the Packers because you can run the ball on Green Bay. Their secondary is pretty good. And Minnesota doesn't really run the ball much. They're, you know. The Alex Madison experiment has not gone well. Their rushing numbers are pretty down. They don't run the ball a lot. It's mostly a pass-heavy offense. And Jair Alexander is back as well for Green Bay. They did lose Stokes. They put him on the IR, so that's not great for Green Bay. But getting Jair back to cover Addison, I think, is a big plus. And I just think that, you know, at the beginning of the season, I thought Green Bay was the better team. Through the early portion of this season, I still think Green Bay is the better team, and I'm catching a point at home. Uh, I think they should be a small favorite. So give me the pack. Go, pack, go for the second time all season. And I will actually watch this game now since I have action on it, and I will be having to get a better opinion on what I think of Jordan Love. This is a great matchup for him, though, against a bad Minnesota secondary that anybody can carve up.
3: All right,
2: last round of picks. Brandon, what's your third one? All right, this is gross. Give me the Tennessee Titans, plus three against the Falcons. Gross. I'm picking Will Levis in his first start after I dumped on him the entire draft process. No, I don't think Will Levis magically got good overnight. No, I'm not excited to back him here. He's playing Desmond Ritter, so let's just ignore the quarterbacks in this game. We we might Tennessee might be playing both guys. Malik Willis, too. I don't know what's happening. Like the quarterback play in this game is not gonna be pretty. Here's what we do know Mike Vrabel coming out of a bye week. Number one, five and zero oh against the spread after the bye week for Mike Vrabel. Now he's had a whole week, not just to any opponent. But his old pal, Arthur Smith, the guy that coached offense in Tennessee for a couple seasons, guess who schemed up against that week after week in practice and knows, like, what's Arthur going to be doing here? Spoiler alert, running the football. It's all he does. Rable's Rabel's going to be ready for that, I think he's going to want this game against Arthur Smith. It's a pretty terrible matchup for Atlanta because the one thing we know about Tennessee for years now is they're a pass-funnel defense. They can totally shut down the run game. That's all Atlanta wants to do is run the football. So Tennessee secondary is beatable if you didn't have Desmond or Ritter, but you got to actually pass the ball against a beatable secondary to beat them. Good luck with that. Tennessee is way better at home so far this season. On offense, DVOA, 15th versus 30th on the road. Defense, 8th versus 25th on the road. And shockingly enough, Tennessee is actually in the last four weeks top ten in overall DVOA. I, like that makes me just want to throw out DVOA to be totally honest. Like I, what <laughs> the Titans are a top ten team. I don't know what that means, but I'm adding it to my argument. These are kind of Spider Man meme teams, right? Like they're just like, oh, ugh, I don't want to watch this, but let's run the ball a whole bunch and maybe occasionally pass. I kind of think Tennessee is a better version of it right now. Like Derrick Henry and the way they're running the football has been better than what Atlanta has been doing. Uh, So especially at home catching three points, I'll take Tennessee here. Desmond Ritter on the road. Don't like that. I thought about just going back to the bet against Ritter in the first half. Well, he finally covered his first, first half ever the time we played it last week. So I don't mind that if you want, but I'm still stinging over that one. Mike Vrabel. As a home underdog, 61% ATS. As a underdog of three or more in his career, 23-11-1 ATS, 68%. And as a home dog of three or more, he is 8-4 and four straight up. As a home underdog of three or more points, Mike Rabel is 8-4, 83% ROI on the money line. And even if you just ignore the teams, you've heard me on this podcast give out a trend when the total is below 42 Underdogs of under four, 64% ATS. That's up to 70% this year. The total is way below 42 here. I think it's like 35 and a half right now. When the total is below 37, the underdog is 10 and two ATS. Of course, because the three points are all the more valuable if we're only going to score like 35 points combined here. So it's disgusting. It's Will Levis. It's Malik Willis. I can't believe I'm doing this. I literally have bet the Titans win total under for the season two weeks in a row. I like the spot. I'll take the Titans plus three. Okay. And
3: not to mention Arthur Smith and that press conference this week in regards to the running game and Bijan having an illness and Algier getting more carry. that whole thing is just still haven't figured that one out. Luke, you're going the other way though, on this one, that's your last one, Atlanta minus two and a half. Why?
1: Yes. I mean, this is more of just like a fade in the Titans and actually back in the Falcons and, It really normally like one of like, I guess my core principles is like never betting against like a QB that hasn't started before, like never betting against an unknown, which usually when we're in those situations with backup quarterbacks coming in, like we're looking at lines in the four or higher, the seven range, where the fact that this is at two and a half, three right now just makes it too enticing for me. And Levis looked really, 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 really bad in the preseason, like. I think his PFF grade was, like, sub 40, and he had, like, two picks and a fumble. So, in, like, on downs, it, like, mattered. So, he looked really bad. And, like, if it's – I think if it's Malik, I mean, I guess. But (laughs) it's just Levis is bad right now. Like, there's a – like, I remember in the mock drafts, he was pegged to go – top five pick and he fell to the second yeah, this, round. This has
3: given me nightmares back to our yeah. draft episodes <laughs> in the spring. Where, like, like, clearly, wasting our time with the Will Levis rumors. Yeah.
1: Which like, and then you're going to put Levis behind this offensive line, which is probably the worst offensive line in the league right now going against a Falcon Z that just continues to be underrated. Like, they're sixth in EPA against the run and number one against the run in success rate. Um, and like Brandon's trends are all like great. Uh, and, Vrabel's probably like one of like my favorite coaches in the league. If I was starting a team, he might be my first pick. But we're talking right. about a Titans team that is a lot different than years past. Like This is probably Vrabel's like worst Titans team by far. And I mean, they just traded Kevin Byard, who's probably a top five safety in the league. Mm-hmm. So it definitely sends a message on where they see this team going off the bye. And it doesn't seem in the right direction. And Ritter's been is scary on on the road and hasn't been great, but the last two weeks, he's improved the last two weeks to a level that I think is above their perspective at this point, uh, relative to what he has been earlier this season. And then the Titans defense has just been bad as well. Secondary is awful, the run D okay, but they've gone against the fourth easiest schedule in terms of offenses they face as well. And they're still one of the worst defenses in the league. So, Titans minus two and a half going against a backup QB. I know we have Desmond Ritter, but usually these situations we're looking at lines that are four, five, six, seven, whatever it is. But a two and a half—it's too enticing. Maybe it's a trap. It's a trap. But one of us will win. So, <laughs> it,
2: to, from my point of view, the Titans are facing a backup quarterback too. But you know,
4: so it's what I think about Desmond Ritter at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, DeBundo, one more. The NFL. One of the NFL rules of equilibrium is the Mike Tomlin 500 stabilizer rule that I just invented five minutes ago. The Steelers <laughs> are now four and two. This is not a rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. This is a blah-blah Mike Tomlin spot. Oh, whoa. Uh, Yeah, whoa. terrible, I know. Uh, <laughs> and in reality, though, the Jags are a much, much better team. And I have somebody who's came into the season down on the Jags, but I, I couldn't be lower on this Pittsburgh offense. I mean, they somehow managed to lull every team to sleep and then put together one great drive in the fourth quarter of every game to trick people into thinking they're actually good. Uh, you cannot run the ball, or they cannot run the ball, which is really the way you uh, you, you can't run on Jacksonville to begin with, and they can't run the ball. Therefore, they're going to be extremely one-dimensional. It's going to just be just, Kenny Pickett dropping back.
1: Jalen Warren, that's it. Like, no more Najee. Like, <laughs> it, it's incredible. Like, just give Warren all of the snaps. Sorry to interrupt you. It's just, like, insane to me.
4: Even if Sorry. they give Warren the snaps in this game, though, Jacksonville's defense <laughs> is a lead against the run, uh, and I think the Jags can exploit what is a very mediocre pass, uh, defense in Pittsburgh, but the Steelers pass success rate below average, uh, pass EPA below average, like JJ Watts good or TJ Watt is good at creating havoc. Sure. But without the splash plays it's a very average defense. And the Jags, what I like about their offense, as much as it is inconsistent on a week to week basis, they don't waste downs running the ball. And that is huge because so many teams try to play keep away against this Pittsburgh team and try to just, like I said, lull them to sleep. Uh, and they end up letting Pittsburgh hang around, let Pittsburgh hang around, and then one big splash play, and all of a sudden it's a tie game in the fourth quarter. Jacksonville has the lowest pass rate on second and 10 in the NFL, or excuse me, lowest run rate on second and 10 in the NFL. That's a major key. They're going to put the ball in Lawrence's hands. They're going to get it to the weapons out wide and win this game by at least a field goal. I think Jacksonville should be laying three. You can still bet two and a half. I like Jacksonville minus two and a half, betting against Pittsburgh once again. Uh, For the second straight week for me, let's see if uh, we can hold a lead or make a field goal. Because if we can do that, I think uh, the Steelers are going to start regressing here. I mean, they're still 31st in early down success rate offensively.
2: I love the false enthusiasm. I'm going to see if we can make one of you guys quit today.
3: Okay, going against all the trendy, the Mike Tomlin blah blah spot. That's good. That's pretty good. Uh, We typically say rah-rah on this podcast, but when Mm -hmm. DeBundo comes in, it's the blah-blah spot. That's good. The fall season is in full swing, which means if you're like us, you're busy watching football. You might be so busy, you're looking for more convenient meals, ready to eat in just two minutes. And that's where Factor comes in. Factor can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with Chef Prepared. Dietitian approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash actionnetworkpod50 and use code actionnetworkpod50, that's 50, to get 50% off, that's code Action Network Pod 50 at FactorMeals.com slash Action Network Pod 50 to get 50% off. The Action Network Podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Brandon Anderson, look
2: ahead line for week nine. I shouldn't be shocked where you're going with this one. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere, Brandon. I'm staying right here on Texans Island, the second straight week in the look ahead. Give me the Texans, minus two and a half at home against the Buccaneers. Look, I think this is honestly a much better spot than the look-ahead we had from last week. We've talked a lot about the Texans on this podcast. Minus three, three and a half in Carolina is something a little different. Minus two and a half under the key number at home against the Buccaneers. Two and a half is basically home field advantage these days. So you're saying Bucs, Texans should just be a coin flip on a neutral? I don't know how we get there. Like, what teams have we been watching this season where we think those teams are the same? The Bucs, have all sorts of like fraudulent underlying numbers on third down and in the red zone. They're a team that I'm looking to bet against going forward. Houston, we know, we know I want to bet on Houston. We talked about them getting healthy by EPA. If you throw out the first two weeks of the season, which you can't just throw them out, they count, but that's when Houston had all those injuries and a new rookie quarterback, rookie coach. Since week three, EPA, Kansas City, San Francisco, Buffalo, Miami, and the Houston Texans. That is your top five. I think that's going to go up after they beat Carolina this week. And the Buccaneers, by the time you listen to this, will have lost in Buffalo Thursday night. I think we're going to move past the key number here. Minus two and a half is, is just a terrible line to me. I don't know how we're rating these teams equal. Texans are a much better team. I like their offensive line getting healthy. I think they're going to be able to move the ball in Tampa here. Give me Texans Island. Minus two and a half against the Buccaneers. In conclusion, Brandon just loves the AFC South and hates the NFC South. That is what
3: (laughs) I've gathered from this episode. That is going to do it here on the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 8 Best Bets episode. Again, we're presented by our friends at BetMGM. If you've missed the full betting preview, the Sunday six-pack with Raybon and Stucky, that episode is out now. You can also tune in on Monday morning. For our weekly recap episode, Joe Gallant, Evan Abrams, Brandon stops by for his hot read. That's every Monday morning. And again, folks, if you're looking for more NFL content, actionnetwork.com, free to download award-winning Action Network app is available to you to see guys like this, other folks that give out picks. Best of luck this weekend for DeBundo, Luke, and Brandon, Brendan Glashine. Thanks for tuning in to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Good luck.